Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. This is your Wednesday live chat for this week's PGA Championship. Let's go. We've been talking about it for days. It is finally going to kick off tomorrow morning. So your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns are all welcome in the chat right now because for the next hour, I will go through as many of them as possible. So please Go ahead, drop your questions and everything else in the chat right now. I'll go through them. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on this week. There's a lot of promotions at different sites. We've got ones for Jock Market, who is presenting this show. It's Stock Market DFS. I'll talk more about them in a second, but there, there's just so much happening. I see the comments rolling in. Uh, all good. We'll get to those in a minute. I'm just going to do the wind question out of the gate, right? Like, let's just do the wind so that everybody else, when they come in and ask about a wind question, I can refer you to the start of the show. Is there a wave advantage? The million dollar question for this week. Um, let's look at it together. So what I'm going to pull up here is uh, wind. Well, that's my website, but this is wind finder. Wind finder is an unbelievable little tool that makes you feel like you are the wind god. And uh, essentially what we've got here is this is Southern Hills. And I'm showing you right now, Thursday morning, Thursday morning, 17 mile an hour winds from the South. Thursday at 11 a.m., 20 mile an hour winds. 2 p.m., 18 mile an hour winds. 5 p.m., 17 mile an hour winds. So basically all day Thursday appears to be a consistent 17 to 20 mile an hour wind in the same direction. No advantage there. Let's go to Friday. Friday at 5 a.m., 23 miles an hour. Friday at 8 a.m., 20 miles an hour. Friday at 11 a.m., 20 miles an hour. Friday at 2 p.m., 16 miles an hour. Friday at 5 p.m., 14 miles an hour. Um, so if you notice that, over the course of the final three hours of what is probably going to be play, the wind seems to die down a little bit. Five, six miles an hour, if you believe this. And remember, trying to predict wind in Tulsa or in Texas or whatever, like it's, it's hard and it changes a lot. Uh, I would say if you believe five miles an hour of wind difference is a big deal, then you would prefer the guys who play Friday afternoon, which would be Thursday morning. That to me is not enough of a change to make significant decisions, right? Because to me, we've got to have something that is actionable that we need to take advantage of five miles an hour for maybe the final couple hours. Maybe if this is accurate and doesn't change as of right now, to me is not a big enough deal. Um, so I'm not really going to favor one wave or another. That's the wind question. Uh, what I will also point out is actually what's really cool about this is so they've got the uh, they've got the holes numbered here at Southern Hills. So thirteen is that is that just one of the beast par fives. You can see for Thursday and Friday and even Saturday, it's basically downwind. And then on Sunday, this wind shifts to like a northerly wind and makes that hole even more of a monster. So if you're playing like single hole props, if you're doing like birdie or better, or like, you know, prize picks will probably have some single hole props this week. Um, this tool is very, very awesome. I love it. Okay. Hopefully that is the wind conversation. If anybody asks another question, refer them to the top of the show. T-Marv. Hey, Ricker. Hey, T-Marv. Hope you're having a great day. What are two guys below 6,700 that you like this week to finish a single entry lineup? Thanks for all your help. Okay. Here is the uh, cheat sheet, rickrungood.com. Basically, everything else you see is going to be from my website, rickrungood.com. I love it. You'll love it. It's entirely dedicated to golf and fantasy and golf betting, and that is it. $6,700 or below. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> Cam Davis, I don't mind. He's 6,700. I think the most logical play is Mito Pereira. Mito Pereira is starting to marry the great ball striking that we've seen from him over the course of his career with the couple of months that he found a better putter. He's starting to get into the middle of that, of putting both of those things together. He could be super dangerous. Outside of that, I love the upside of Keith Mitchell. He's $6,600, but I... With that upside comes the downside. Um, Lahiri's probably my second favorite player. So Honor Bond, since he started adding the lead tape to his irons, 
uh, has been essentially awesome, right? He's just gaining a ton of strokes in the ball striking categories. He's been great off the tee. He's been great on approach. He's got that sweet baby swag this week. Congratulations. Honor Bond, his wife, had a child. Uh, I believe it was Monday, Sunday or Monday. I don't know, but he was in route to Southern Hills on Tuesday. All good. Plenty of good vibes for Bond. Congratulations. Those would be a couple of guys that I would make the short list of. Um, <clears throat> Patrick asked a question that is kind of hard to answer. He says, Hey, thanks Rick. Love the show. Kazire sink or Glover. So I don't know your format. I don't know, uh, your risk tolerance. I would say in a vacuum Glover. Hey Rick, after using the custom model, HV3 keeps popping up in mind. Is he a good play at a flat $10,000? So I prefer to deploy HV3 kind of one round at a time. I'm not sure I want to necessarily lock myself into four rounds of Harold Varner III. And the reason that he's popping up in all of your models and the reason that he popped up in a lot of mine is because he's been great on approach. He's been good off the tee. The tee to green stuff's been phenomenal. Short game, no problems there. The putter has gotten hot. The metrics are great, right guys? The metrics are really, really great. Do we have concerns about him melting away when he gets into contention? Yes. Do we have even more concerns in a major championship. Yes. I cannot forget the 81 that he shot in the final rounds in the final pair, uh, with Brooks Kepka a couple of years ago. Right. I, I still worry about that, but he popped up in all of my models, all of my metrics. If you want to play him for four rounds, that's fine. I would prefer to get access to him in props round by round matchups. I think you can make a lot in round by round matchups with him this week. Um, that that's how I'd prefer to play Varner and, and see how it goes. But Hey, the metrics are there. Everything looks good. <clears throat> hey, Rick, what was the reason for Berger's latest WD? Just shows undisclosed. Um, I think it was just his back, right? That was the that was the back injury. I believe we're referring to, was it Pebble that he withdrew from? Right? Someone correct me. That sounds. I think it was. I think it was still the back. Do you like DJ mid twenties as an outright? Dustin Johnson has not made my betting card this week. I'm a little bit worried about it. You know, if you look at the metrics, which I can show you here on the site, um, we're starting to see good DJ again. So I just like other guys more, but it's not necessarily a knock against Dustin Johnson. You know, here's, here's the metrics. Off the tee, he's back to being good. Approach, all good. Short game, getting better. I do worry about this. I lost that he's. I worry that he's lost two and a half strokes putting at the Masters, three and a half at the AT and T. Byron Nelson. He's lost in three of uh three last three. He's lost in four of his last five. Remember, even when his ball striking wasn't there uh, earlier uh, last year, at the end of last year, his putter has always been magic. Twenty twenty one, his putter was phenomenal. Let's look at the let's look at the seasonal breakdowns. Yeah, he gained like nearly a half a stroke putting. Twenty twenty one was his best putting season ever. We are now in the midst of his worst putting season since two thousand. 13. He's about tour average. That's a little bit of a concern. That kind of broke a tie for me. If you want to bet DJ in the mid twenties, have at it. I, I, I think he could be the forgotten stud. I just did not get there on my betting card. Hey Rick, I'm barely in the money. Uh, standings for the run and done. That's the Rick run. Good one and done. Any ideas how to play it this week? Sure. So Denver, Timmy, uh, here are the season long pick summary. Can you see this? Maybe I can zoom in the season long pick summary for the run and done. What I would encourage you to do is pick one of the studs who like half the field has already used. So that would be John Rahm, Justin Thomas. Um, I would throw Patrick Cantlay and even Roy McIlroy into that mix. If you can get access to one of those four, I think you're in good shape. Half the field doesn't even have, doesn't even have access to using them. And then of the guys that are available, the ownership will be fairly spread out. So I think that's a pretty good strategy. If you are just outside the money or just inside the money, um, you are near the top, so you can front run a little bit. I, I think that's the way that I would approach that. Hank Hill, welcome Hank Hill, says, can you do a deep dive on Matt Kuchar? His form is solid, but I'm not sure he has the driving distance to stay competitive. That would certainly be one of my concerns as uh, as well here. He's 188th in driving distance this season. Here are his logs. Um, <clears throat> so where has he found success? Most of the success came at Harbortown. It came at Valero Texas Open. It came at the Byron Nelson, a little bit at Valspar. I mean, it has been impressive. I worry a little bit that he's, well, it goes both ways. He's very reliant on his short game. You know, he's gained 18 strokes putting over his last four. He's been awesome around the green. That's going to be handy here, but he might hemorrhage strokes off the tee. If he's not good on approach, we're kind of in trouble here. I am like a four out of 10. 
I see it. He's going to need to be perfect. I will not have a lot of exposure to Matt Kuchar. Can the top approach guys like Victor, Morikawa, Zalatoris, and Homa make up for their lacking around the green play? Uh, obviously, yes. I mean, so so I think one of the best arguments for Victor, because everyone seems to be like, oh, he's going to get crushed around the greens. Well, he's won, what, six times worldwide? And he hasn't done it with the short game, right? It hasn't stopped him from winning before. He just wins different. Morikawa just kind of wins different right? He's going to be elite on the second shot and he's going to make a lot of putts every now and then, and he's going to win a couple of major championships, right? Max Homa, the weeks that he putts well, he's going to win or be close to it. So these guys just get to the top of the leaderboard differently. I think it's a little bit um, bold to write off a guy like Victor who has never had a good around the green game. He knows that he'll tell you that statistically yet still finds a way to win. He just wins different. I'm skipping the wind questions. So if you see a wind question, it, go back to the top of the show. Two uh, V two Rory and Mito Hideki and Horschel or Lowry and Fitzpatrick. Dang close. Probably Hideki and Horschel. Good afternoon, Rick. Can we take a look at Brendan Steele? Uh, yes, it'll probably be a quick look at Brendan Steele because I doubt there's a lot to love here. But let's see what we've got going on. Um, it's kind of vintage, kind of vintage Brendan Steele, right? Great driver. He's he's often uh, better on approach, but he has pop weeks, which is fine. The short game always kind of stinks. The putter always kind of stinks. It's just very on brand for Brendan Steele. Is he going to putt to uh, zero? and maybe contend, I don't know. History says it's not all that likely because his last individual top, let's call it a 10, was at Zozo. We don't have the stat breakdown for that. That was in August, uh, October of 2021. Before that, it was the Honda Classic. So you're basically getting, what, two top 10s from him, two top 10s, two top fives from him for a year. Hard to say it's going to be any one tournament, let alone, uh, let alone this one. Torn between Hideki and Morikawa, both at 20 to 1. Hideki feels like he should not be priced with Morikawa, given, uh, given what Morikawa has done in majors. I mean, Hideki's been pretty darn good recently, too, right? Um, yeah, I'm kind of a little bit biased here because I got Hideki at 45 to 1 last Thursday, which I'm super thrilled about. If you were making me bet this today, I'd I'd probably take Morikawa at 20. You know, there, if you bet Morikawa, if you spent $100 on Morikawa every event that he plays, you're going to be very, very... Um, uh, rich happy major week, Rick. You have me intrigued by Jason day. Who do you like better in a single entry day, Scott or Billy Ho? Uh, I think it has to be Jason day. I like Billy. I like Adam Scott. There's just something about Jason day, right? He's got, um, you know, t I've said this, I'm sure countless times this week, 10 of his last 12 rounds have been really, really good. And I generally think it's easier to clean up bad rounds than it is to, um, uh, go low to go out and gain five strokes. Now, the other things are one of those bad rounds. Well, at least one of them was that Saturday at Wells Fargo, where it was like cold and windy. And like, uh, I don't necessarily like that, uh, for Jason day. Although I think Sunday is supposed to be like 50 degrees in, in Tulsa. Um, but what I also like to note is this, and I know they're at different golf courses, but I think he takes a lot of pride in being the PGA champion from Oh five or 15, excuse me, because even during his horrible stretches of golf, he would show up here, right? I mean, 2009, not a good year for him. Finished T23. 2020, not a good year for him. Finished T4. He's kind of able to summon something, or maybe it is the harder setups. Maybe it is um, that he's going going back to an event that he's really proud to be a champion of. I don't know what it is, but Jason Day's generally uh, capable of summoning it for, for this week. Um, I'm going to find a couple of good questions here. Okay. So who's your favorite golfer between 8,000 and 8,600? Any love for burger? Pretty neutral on burger. Uh, I don't think I have a hard, a hard stance on him. 8,000 to 8,600 is burger down to like Louie and Corey Connors. I'll tell you what, um, this is kind of a dead zone. I've, I've said for weeks how bullish I am on Joaquin Neiman. That remains true. 
I don't care that he faded on Sunday. The other guy that I'm also in, interested in is, is Max Homa. You know, kind of a grinder who showed us at TPC Potomac how good the short game can be. He won that event with very few highlights, right? He was just hit it to the middle of the green or hit it close to the green, get up and down for par. Um, it's obviously going to be different with kind of the shaved areas, but if you want to look at Riviera, which is a place he's obviously been great at, uh, Quail Hollow, it's just... He's got a lot of good results at difficult golf courses, so certainly not going to mind Homa. Hey, Rick, non-DFS question. If you could answer based off of expected earnings for the pair, I'd appreciate it. Hideki with Gary. No. Hideki with Gary and Tiger. Or Shane Lowry and Zalatoris. I'm not sure I understand this. Hideki with Gary and Tiger. Why are there three guys in that one or Shane Lowry and Zalatoris? Oh, maybe because you're like in a pool or something. Okay, so um, if I'm understanding the question correctly, I think it's the Lowry-Zalatoris side. But I'm not sure I understand, Eli. Apologies. Hey, Rick, did you hear KP's question when asked uh, Jordan Spieth? <laughs> yeah, I did notice this. When he asked Jordan Spieth in his press conference, notice it was KP's voice. That was awesome. Yeah, so it's funny because I read the transcript and I knew it was Kyle's question and I actually read the question in Kyle's voice and then I saw, I saw the presser and heard Kyle say it. It was pretty cool. Good day, Rick. Good day, Tom. Can you give us your impression on Oliver Becker? Looks like he's been on a Euro heater. Thanks for everything. <laughs> excuse me. And thanks for spending the hour with us. No problem. Okay. So let's see what I've got on, um, on Becker here. Cause I know he's been playing well. So here's, here's Becker and I'm sure it's all Euro tour stuff. Yeah. Okay. So T4, uh, last week, T27. That is, wow. That's a pretty good stretch. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight consecutive top 27s. Let's look at how he rates out in the weighted, strokes gained department, because that is really where we are going to separate some of these Euro guys. So this is going to be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight events for him. So let's give him the best, the best opportunity that I can. Um, let's say the last 32 rounds. So that should be this stretch for Becker in raw strokes gained. He's probably pretty high. He is, well, maybe not Oliver. Where are you, bud? Hold on a second. Let me find him here. Oliver. Like I'm talking to my dog. whose name is Oliver. That's exactly the way I talk to him. Okay. So he is, uh, hold on. Stand by, stand by, stand by, stand by. I screwed this whole thing up because I've got these, I've got these, uh, got these filters in here, but I'm going to get this answer for you one way or another. And I can't even type. All right. Raw. He's at 2.15. Okay. So raw 2.15. Okay. Got it. Is basically the second best raw strokes gained. Now, weighted strokes gained, he is certainly going to fall down here. Let's do it like this. So he is going to be here. He's going to be about a half a stroke, which is going to be, uh, honestly, right behind Jordan Spieth. And in between Pat and Kazire and Brian Harmon. So what this weighted strokes gain does is it takes the strength of field for each one of the events all, all across the tours. So that's actually not bad. Weighted strokes gain to be a half a half a strokes a half a stroke gained is pretty good. I, I do not mind that. Apologies that it took me that long to figure it out, but I do not mind that one single bit. I've listened to some of Andy's content and he's thinking there may be a significant edge for the AM PM golfers. Do you agree? And how heavily are you weighing that into your player pool? So I want to address this. Andy's stuff is phenomenal. If you don't read um, the two articles that he does on rickrungood.com, they're great. There is also his own podcast. Uh, I will tease Andy here. He also thought there was going to be a significant wave advantage last week too, or was it the week before in Mexico? Never came to fruition. I teased him about that. Um, I'll tease him about it again if it does come true. Listen, I, we just look, we looked through the wind at the top of the show. I believe there's like a five mile an hour difference on Friday afternoon. If you believe that's enough, then go with the wave advantage. I'm personally not going to make a significant strain on, on stacking one side or another. Is Scotty uh, just an autoplay at this point? Also, what will be more popular, stars and scrubs or balance builds? I believe balance builds will be because I think a lot of people are going to want to get – a lot of people are going to start with speed. 
I think I think that's going to be a common build. Um, Scotty is such a problem, right? Scotty is so damn good right now. And there's just so many different paths to him being successful. Um, he can do it via the ball striking. He can do it with the short game. Remember how good the short game was at Augusta national. That's not even that uncommon for him. He gains around the green constantly, even losing, having basically a bad week at Byron Nelson. He finished T 15 and he made a triple in in an event that you can't make any bogeys. He also lost a stroke and a half putting his worst putting performance since, uh, since the season started. So I just, I believe this guy is like the safest path to the top 10. Uh, and he just might win it again. It's that, that good right now. I'm not, I'm, I, it's hard to argue. Is this a better week? Is this a better week to stack your betting car with premium players? Or do you see someone in the 40 to 100 range? Well, if you bet at Circa, and they're not paying me to say this, but this is where I put my bets in. You could get both. You could get premium golfers in the 40 to one range. Um, I like the I like the elites, but like 25 to 40, I believe is where most likely the winner comes from. Who are a few guys you like before seeing? I don't think there's a bad wave. I might be wrong. How do you feel about Bryson under 36 and a half holes played on prize picks? Okay, let's do the prize pick stuff for a second. I got to do the jock market stuff in a second too. So here's prize picks. Uh, they are doing holes played, which I love. It's essentially to make the cut. So you can basically say, okay, are these guys going to make the cut or not? Um, the question is in regards to Bryson, 36 and a half. I would prefer the under on Bryson. I'm very impressed that he is uh, swinging a golf club. But even when he was playing before the year, and maybe this was because of the injury, he wasn't playing well. And I actually don't even think this is one of the better setups for him. So if we look at this, like it's it's just bad. Where's the touch going to be? The guy just started, um, you know, just started put holding a club a couple of days ago. He's never been good around the green. He's lost strokes around the green every event dating back to the Memorial last June. That's a red flag. The fact that he hasn't swung as much red flag. If this was winged foot, I'd almost feel better, right? But this is not, I don't even think this is advantageously difficult for Bryson like a winged foot would be. So I, I kind of like the, I would take the under on, on Bryson. I'd probably at this point, take the over on tiger. I am warming up on the guy quite a bit. Um, like I would take the over on, on Varner. We talked about him. Uh, Mav McNeely is a very well-rounded golfer. I'd probably take the over on him. Uh, Hadwin, there's been rumors and I don't have anything to, to confirm this, that he might be injured. I probably take the under on Hadwin, maybe the under on answer. You can build these any way you want, but that's kind of my, my natural leans. You could also, um, see if you can find sports books that have make the cut odds, which, you know, if I had more time and we could spend more time on this, that's exactly what I would do. It's the whole premise of my site, rungoodprops.com. So go take advantage of prize picks. There's a code. Uh, uh, the code is Rick. There's a link in the description. You can sign up, play at prize picks. I have tools on my website. I have rungoodprops.com. It's all very, very good stuff. Based on reports from Tulsa, it seems like around the green play might be more important than originally thought. I've thought it was very important for a long time, so I'm not sure about that. Uh, with Phil winning last year with odds close to 200 to one, will this be another year where a huge underdog has a chance to crack the top 10 at least? Uh, maybe, but listen, I think Phil is kind of a outlier. Um, if you remember last year, I was quite high on Phil the weeks leading into, uh, the weeks before the, the players or the PGA championship. Now I, no way did I ever think he was going to contend or win the PGA championship. But what we saw was, uh, where's his win at the PGA? Did I miss it? Right here. Sorry. So what we saw was this one, two, three, four, five consecutive events um, where he gained strokes on approach, which was a complete turnaround for Phil. So he was playing the best golf of his season at that time. Now he, he was horrible the week or his start before, but leading into that, it was really, really good for Phil. And then Phil, of course, as at the time, what a four time major champion, um, like it's just different, right? He can kind of summon that. He can kind of turn on the magic for a minute or two. And it's not, he's not a regular 200 to one guy. He's not, uh, especially based on the metric. So I, I don't want to say Phil was 
obviously very shocking for him to win, but to say he was like a, a huge outlier, I think is um, not fair to say. In a 20 lineup contest, I want to be heavily invested in two of the following three guys. Who would you leave out? JT, Morikawa, or Rory? I guess I'd leave out Morikawa, but I don't feel good about that. Is there a way to find leaders in green and regulation for each salary range? Yes. Go to the Holy Grail. Go to the stats tab. Go down for any number of rounds that you want. Uh, sort by greens and regulation. And then you're just going to have to look through. You're just going to have to look through. That's the, the salaries here. Or I guess you could sort by salary and look through the green and regulation rates. You could do it that way. Good luck. Hey, Rick, thanks for all the content this week. Could you do a deep dive on Gary Woodland? Um, yeah, let's do a quick one. I, I just, you know, we talk about Gary so often that I, I doubt much has changed from the last time we've talked about him, but we'll, let's just let's just take a look. Um, don't love what I saw at Potomac, right? The four strokes he lost on approach, although that's the worst that he's, that's the most that he's lost, oh my God, since the 2019 Wells Fargo Championship. So maybe he's more of um Maybe he's more of a Chase Bank guy. No, nothing. Okay. So I guess I could argue that it's probably not going to happen again because he's been so good on approach leading into it. Yeah, I mean, he's fine. Listen, if, he, if, he's, if he's this version of Gary Woodland, the version that we've seen from Mexico to the Honda Classic, he's, he'll be fine. And he's got a real chance of finishing inside the top 15. If, if he plays like he did in Mexico, or excuse me, at the Wells Fargo, which appears to be an outlier, um, <clears throat> he's probably going to miss the cut. Jock market. Uh, jock market is stock market DFS. Jock market is going nuts right now. So this is, in my opinion, if you are watching this right now and you want to learn about all the different golfers that are in the field and different salary ranges and all that stuff, jock market is the best because you have access to literally every golfer in the field who can make you money. That is not true in every other um in every other format. For example, the Byron Nelson, KH Lee sold for $4.11 on Wednesday night. His his $25 a share payout earned you $21 in profit on every single share. But Rick, he was 100 to 1. I get it. What about Jordan Speed? He would have lost you an outright ticket. In the jock market, he made you $13 a share. Uh, Ryan Palmer, 364 at IPO, made you $9 a share because he paid out $13 a share. The only market in the world where Ryan Palmer can finish like fifth and make you money. It's the only market in the world. So um, I love it. And they are going nuts with these promos. So there th are three promos this week. There is one, a Tiger raffle. So if you trade a share of Tiger Woods, you get entered into a raffle that pays out $100 times the number of Tiger's birdies. So if Tiger makes nine birdies and you win the raffle, you get $900. That is how this works. There is also a birdie bonanza. If you own a share of the player or players who shoot the lowest round of the day, you get entered into a $250 a day raffle. That's pretty handy. And then also, we are going to do a jock market power hour tonight. Joe Idoni and myself are going to, at 8.15 tonight, uh, go live and talk you through the entire jock market. Every week, Joe makes his bids and we talk about his portfolio. If you beat Joe, if you beat Joe, you can also win. So here's what you have to do. You have to enter before the event starts. There's this Google form uh, that I've linked on Twitter and, and we can put it in the description, I think. Armina will put that in there for me. Uh, and you have to trade at least $25. If you beat Joe's ROI, you get $20. If you don't beat Joe's ROI, you get added to a raffle for another hundred bucks. On top of all of that, if you use the code Rick to go deposit right now, they give you another $50. It's just like, it's craziness, and I love it, and we're going to go bonkers tonight. <clears throat> Who are the highest projected owner, owned golfers in the low to high $7,000 range? Okay, in the low to high 7K. Isn't that just the 7K range? Um, so in the 7K range, I have uh, Cam Young at about 19% right now. I have Keegan Bradley at about 10, Gooch at about 10.5, Kokrak at about 9. Those are right now the projected highest owned golfers in the the 7k range. How do you think we should handle Hideki this week? Uh, like this, Sam, plug your ears and act like you have never heard anything that you heard today, uh, which is that he might have re-injured the neck or it might be a new injury. I don't think I care. 
I got to be honest with you. Hideki has never really been a reliable narrator. Uh, remember when he told us he was a one out of 10 before he won the Zozo championship? Just saying. I hope he's healthy. I hope I'm correct on this, but I'm not ready to move off of it. And I will act like I have not heard anything about Hideki today. For one and done, rank these in terms of ownership. Spieth, Cantlay, Lowry, Neiman, and DJ. Well, I can just tell you. So there's also this little tool that if... Uh, so we we run the run good one and done on this site called officefootballpool.com. And they have something called pool-wide picks, which is, or site-wide picks, excuse me, which tells you the picks of everybody on the site before... <laughs> before the contest locks and they're very, very close to all one and done. So Spieth, number two, 19% can't lay number seven, 7% Lowry. Lowry's 13th, 2.6%. Neiman is probably pretty low too. 15th, 1.7 and DJ is 11th, 4.1. There you go. Uh, good afternoon, Rick. Who is the producer's play of the week? That's my wife. Her play is, she always tries to be very, very broad so that she can cover as many people as possible. Like she'll say Scott. And then if Adam Scott plays well, she gets credit for that. If Scotty Scheffler plays well, she gets credit for that. She just said William, which I'm assuming is Zalatoris. But if there's any other Bill or Will or Willie or anything, anyone with a last name of William, she will also try to take credit for that as well. But I believe uh, that is Zal Torres. She also like, she also said, or cam, which could be like four different cams. Any love for wise and Norin? Um, yeah, I think Norin's been phenomenal and I think he's flying under the radar. Right. And, and he has had tangible, legitimate, tangible gains with the approach play over the course of, uh, the, the calendar year. And he's combined. And with that, he has not lost the, uh, the short game stuff. I, I believe Norin's awesome this week. <clears throat> I've answered a lot of these questions, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cherry pick a little bit. I'm in I'm in the top ten of a 70 person one and done. Would you go with Xander or DJ? I would go with DJ, but you can't go wrong with either one of those. Who is the elite guy with the least buzz this week? That is probably Dustin Johnson, right? I mean, just just no chatter. Um I have him at 8.2% owned, which outside of Brooks Kepka, who has kind of the injury thing, that would be the lowest projected ownership of anyone who is $9,000 or more expensive. So I would say it is DJ. Rick Strong, Hack Game, kudos. Thank you. That is Frank on the cap there. Feels like a great course fit for Cam Smith, yet haven't heard many people talk about him. Um, while people are not talking about him, I believe they're playing him 15% or so. He's great. He's outside of Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith might be one of the best players this year. And this is a really good setup for him. It's going to be tough. And it's going to ask you to lean on your short game. Just drive it in play and Cam Smith's going to have a chance. No problem. Hey, Rick, I'm keying Tiger to win it all. Do you think his win odds are accurate at about 60 to 1? Uh, no. Tiger's win odds are never accurate. Uh, Tiger's win odds are always market dependent. 60 to 1... He should probably be closer to 100 to 1. He's like 100, he's 100 to 1 at, at Circa right now. Uh, so if you know anybody in Nevada and you want to get a bet in and you want to bet on Tiger, you should probably you should probably do that uh, at Circa. Or I guess they're also in – they might be in a couple other states too. Um, I've answered a couple of these. Answered a couple of these. Wind questions were at the top of the show. Which Oklahoma State Cowboy do you feel more comfortable rolling out in the lower sevens, Gooch or Wolf? That's a pretty good question. Let me just check Wolf real quick because um, I want to see what he did in his last start. Yeah, that's what I was a little bit worried about. Okay, so I thought that we were maybe seeing a breadcrumb from Wolf. Uh, you know, this stat profile at the Wells Fargo, where he gains on approach around the green and putting, I was even, I was okay with this, even though it's terrifying that he has not drove it well in six months, I was still okay with this, but now that appears to be the outlier because he basically lost across the board at the Byron Nelson as well. So by default, Gooch, who are the best nine and $10,000 putters on bent? Well, 
let's do this. We'll go to the Holy Grail. We will, how many years do you want? We don't want to go too, back too far. Let's just go back to 2018. Let's go to more filters. Let's go to uh, bent grass. And sort by, what do we got? Nine and 10K. So that's all these guys that you're seeing on screen. So number one is John Rahm, 80 rounds, one point. Oh, I'm sorry, by putting. Ha, 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 sorry. Uh, it would be a tie, actually. No, Xander's number one, 0.39. Spieth and Smith, 0.38. Rory, 0.31. Rom, 0.38. Uh, Cantlay, 0.31. So those are, the, those are the guys that are pretty significantly ahead of everybody else there, Eli. When you do your final, when you, when, maybe it's supposed to say, when do you do your final projected ownership? Seems to initially post... Tuesday morning. Oh yeah. So this has been, uh, the ownership has, has been updated like six times this week. It was updated like Monday morning. There was a run Monday afternoon. There was like a Tuesday morning. There was a Tuesday night. Uh, there has not been tangible updates since last night, uh, because I felt it hasn't warranted it. So the number of the number of updates generally comes with how much change there is. And uh, as of right now, I believe we're on the last iteration. Um, unless somebody WDs or something like that, we are probably on the last iteration of it. The, the ownership is premature at the moment. <clears throat> uh, wind questions are at the top of the show. <laughs> this is such a... Rick, are you not going to talk about the wind gusts? Seem like you're only showing half the truth. What? What? To your point, is DJ on your on DJ? Is he a better putter on these quick, firm greens traditionally? Well, um, so this is kind of a loaded question. Uh, the Snip's only going to run at a ten this week because there's so much undulation on the greens. They're going to play obviously faster downhill, but they are there. There's only so fast that these greens can actually run. I would prefer to look at like undulating greens. I would prefer to just like use the best putters at Augusta national. Um, quite honestly. Now I'll tell you, I don't, I've got, I've got the last couple of years. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. I've got, um, I have the last couple of years of strokes gain data. In, in a, this is not official, but it is calculated the way that they would calculate. They would calculate, it, but the Masters doesn't share this. So um, I think I've got two years of. Do I only have one year? I thought I had two years of putting data. Maybe I only have one year. No, I have two years. I have I have twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. So Ian Poulter. Now he only has four measured rounds at Augusta National. Two point oh six. Will Zalatoris, believe it or not. And this is kind of the dirty little secret on Will has gained five and a half and six and a half strokes putting at, at Augusta National, um, which is just absolutely filthy. Patrick Reed, Taylor Gooch also on the list as well. Very, very, very small sample size, but that's what I would prefer to to look at. Um Hey, Rick, Jordan gained strokes putting in every round, but Sunday last week. Can you tell us how much the eleven foot three putt? That affected his numbers in round one. I think it was a seven foot three putt, and he lost one point seven three uh, strokes on that single hole alone. Making four different core four lineups and four lineups mixed together. Should I worry about weather stacks? I'm not going to go back to the start of the show. What do you think of Neiman and Fitzpatrick? Love them both for different reasons, but fire away. Um. Who has the highest ceiling, lowest floor between Berger, Finau, and Hovland? Highest floor is probably Berger, right? Highest ceiling is probably Victor. Uh, lowest floor is probably Finau. High, did I do that one? Lowest ceiling is probably Finau. Finau is like the worst player, aren't they? Isn't he? Hey, Rick, just curious, what are some podcasts and content that you listen to for golfing and betting purposes? Uh, I don't. I 
uh, honestly don't have the time to consume other stuff and I don't want to be influenced. So I don't consume anything else. I watch golf YouTube for like not a scratch golfer, like the guy who goes out and just vlogs his rounds, but nothing that is betting related. I mean, without sounding like a jerk, I have my own golf database and I create the content myself. It does not necessarily behoove me to listen to anything else. Um, I'll talk to other guys that I respect their opinion and kind of talk strategy and, Hey, what do we think about these numbers? Is this like more like process stuff, but nothing on a, nothing on a weekly basis. Hey, Rick, do you have a favorite value play? Um, it's a good question. Norin, I think is up there. I think Mito is up there. I think Davis Riley could be up there. Uh, I think Riley rubbed Zalatoris's clubs at Zurich and, and found some goodness, right? So now look at his last one, two, three, six starts. And one of them's a team event, but he had the runner up at Valspar. That's where he lost in a playoff to Sam Burns. He had the fourth at the Zurich with, uh, will finished fifth in Mexico, ninth at the Byron Nelson. I think, I think we found something here. I think Davis Riley has found something like that. Uh, wind questions go back to the start of the show. Hey, Rick, I run a majors pool. Is it important to fade the chalk in smaller player categories or larger selection categories? I think I know what you're talking about. So you're talking about like, you know, tier six that has like a thousand guys in it or the ones that have 10. Um, I actually believe that, uh, there, so tier one this week for a lot of these pools has Scotty Scheffler in it, which I actually think is the rare opportunity. I almost never take the favorite out of tier one, but this is a rare opportunity where I don't think anybody's going to play Scotty, right? He's the favorite or co-favorite, depending on where you're looking. And everyone wants to play Rom and JT and Rory and all these other guys in tier one. I actually think this is the only time I've ever played the favorite out of tier one. And I think it's the smart time to do it. This is a super chat from Phil Smart. It says, Rick, forgive me. I got drunk and made 13 different outright bets on long shots. I forgive you, Phil. Thanks for the super chat. Did you name your dog Oliver after Ollie Snyder, Jans? Yes. No, I didn't name him. He came with that name. And trust me, he was he was born. Uh, Ollie, the dog, has seen the start and end of Ollie Snyder, Jans' career, unfortunately. Think there will be Shot Tracker? Uh Almost like, yes, for sure. Yeah. It'll be on the PGA tour. Where I'll, I'll, I'll have the data. Yes. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good question. I'm not going to read it, but that was good. Hey Rick, I was wondering what your opinion is on the best custom model settings, um, for lineup generation in GPPs. Okay. So uh, max salary. So this is the Rick run good lineup custom model. Whoops. This is right here. Uh, if you just set your max salary to 49, seven, you don't have to worry about much else, but if you don't want to, uh, max projected ownership under like 80 or under like 60 would be nice. But honestly, randomness, I use randomness all the time. So what this does is like, if you change randomness to 25%, it will change every golfer's value, uh, either somewhere between minus 25% and plus 25%. And it'll create some really unique builds so that even if you are using the same metrics as everybody else. So for example, if I came on here and showed you all the metrics that I was doing on a custom model and you ramped up your randomness to 25 and I was at two we would get like very different, but still using the numbers, but get different, so many different bills. So I love the randomness because it, it protects against everything. Uh, okay. 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 Um, I've answered a lot of these, so I'm going to keep going. A lot of that. Oh, it jumped on me again. It always does that. There was a question from Riku that I was circling here. Okay, here we go. Last man in Bobby Mack or Mito Pereira. Uh, also happy birthday, Armina. Yes, she thanks you. Uh, thanks, Riku. Good to see you, bud. So there were there have been a couple of questions about Bobby McIntyre. So let's just do 
let's just do the deep dive here. I'm I'm quite warm on Mito, which I think is um obvious. Here's Bobby Mack. Here he is, Bobby Mack. I guess I should have checked the field. Uh, I believe his major championship record is phenomenal. Let's see what he's been up to. It's not a lot of great finishes. Played okay at Riviera, T15. That's exciting. Didn't really play. Well, he played well at the Masters, uh, top 25 there. Yeah, let's look at his Let's look at his major stuff. His major stuff's really good. So if we say the Masters, US Open, PGA, Open Championship. Yeah, look at this. He's never missed a cut. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight for eight. 23rd and 8th in his last two. T35 at the U.S. Open. I mean, McIntyre's a little bit more well-rounded when he's at his best, I think. I would lean Bobby Mack, and I like Mito a lot. That's, I just, it's really hard to find this level of consistency in major championships. And Mito does not nearly have, does Mito, has Mito played a major? Let me, I'll just close the loop on this for you here. Riku. Um one and he missed the cut at the US Open. It was in 2019. So I'll give the nod to Bobby Mack. Good luck. <clears throat> Any way to get started betting if I live in South Carolina? I don't know what the laws are in South Carolina. You can probably play on prize picks. You can probably play on jock market. Check those out. I don't know what the laws are. Good luck. Talked about Lahiri, so we're going to scoop. Don't use my bookie. Listen, I hate to slander people. Uh, by all accounts, my bookie is a scum site. And I know that uh, you have limited options if you live in a state that doesn't have legalized gambling. It's probably not worth this hassle. Because if you do find success, it is very unlikely you get paid out. And I, you guys know I never say that. But there's, it's, there's too much evidence. What percentage do you give Tiger to make the cut? Uh, about 62%. Um, remember what, how, what did he do at the masters? And I'm asking obviously a rhetorical question because I, I, I know the answer, right? So I'm just going to bring it up for you. Um, his, and I'm going round by round here. So let's do tiger round by round. So here we go. 1.7 gained on approach in round one, 1.7 gained on approach in round two. That is elite. Okay. Now he faded on the weekend, which we kind of knew. But if we're if we're talking about making the cut, I don't really care. I think he's stronger now. He's five weeks stronger, right? The course is not as good of a setup for him, but I also think that he's not going to get in too much trouble off the um off the tee. I also think that he still has all the short game shots, right? So I'm pretty bullish as long as the body holds up for two days that he makes the cut. I think he's going to continue to do the same thing, deteriorate as the week goes on. I'm quite bullish. I'm so torn between Vic and Jordan. Can I go wrong with either? No, they're both, they're both fairly volatile in this situation though, but, um, they're, they're, they're both great. They, if, if either of them won this, I'd be 0% surprised. <clears throat> Some of these questions are just, oh man, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys. Um, I don't know if I have enough time for this travel. So it says, why the Hovland hate in the industry? Can you please dive into his around the green stats? He is, um, not good around the green, right? Like that's not really a surprise to anybody. It's not a surprise to him. Did you, if you heard his, if you heard his pre-tournament presser, he will tell you statistically, uh, that's obviously his weakness. And he feels that statistically, again, he is probably, um, better out of thick rough than he is on like this fairway cut. So here's, here's, here's the stuff here. All right. This is the last. 24 rounds. Here's Victor. He's losing uh, four quarter, four tenths of a stroke around the green. No one really wants to admit that in the same time frame, Morikawa's short game is actually worse because he's losing a quarter around the green and a quarter on the green. Victor's a good putter, right? So actually, Victor's short game, when you combine around the green and putting, is better than Morikawa's is. 
Um, it's basically the same as Jordan Spieth's is because Spieth has been punting with the putter. So it's not really as bad as everyone wants you to believe. And then look at the ball striking. Victor's a third of a stroke better in the ball striking categories than Rory. He's been twice as good as Cam Smith, three times as good as Cam Smith. Nah, twice, two and a half. It's just like, he's going to do it different. The math adds up different ways, right? But it all adds up. I don't get, I don't get it. I mean, I get it obviously, but I don't get it. People are blowing it out of proportion. <clears throat> okay. This is, I, I skipped this question earlier because I didn't know how many questions we were going to have and there was a lot, but I wanted to, I want to go back to this, which is essentially a question about pivots. So what I'm going to just going to do here is go to the cheat sheet. We're going to look at this together, Fritz, and we are going to look at the highest owned golfers and kind of go through, go through each tier here. So, um, in the $10,000 range, the pivots are to Morikawa and to John Rahm, which is shocking. I think Rahm will probably come in like 14, 15% instead of the 12 that I haven't projected at, but Hey, uh, the pivots in the nine are Victor, Dustin Johnson, and that's probably it. I could argue, I, I don't want to say Kepka is a pivot just because he's low-owned. I think it's a much more natural pivot to go with Dustin Johnson and Victor Hovland. There's also kind of a, if you're trying to get off of Spieth and going to someone else, Cam Smith at half the ownership is kind of crazy, right? Is is Cam Smith half as likely to win this as Jordan Spieth is? No. In the $8,000 range, um, it's pro is it really will? I think will comes in definitely over 10%, but that's, that's what the math says. Um, so it might be Hatton would be the pivot or it would be Louie. There's honestly, I'll, I'll be real with you. I, the pivots in the 8k range aren't great. They're guys with a lot of concern. Um, Hatton, I have concerns about Tiger Woods, obviously Bryson DeChambeau, Louis, who's like, like I'm, I don't love a pivot in the 8k range. I'd probably just eat the chalk there. The sevens, the pivots are basically anybody else. Jason day, Billy Horschel. Those are more logical. Gary Woodland, even, I mean, Jason Kokrak, how could you pivot off a of nine, you know, 9%. I don't think it's even worth, worth pivoting. So, um, that's the way that I would go. Classic Rick. This is getting close to lunch hour, Frick. Don't ask about the damn wind, people. We already covered the wind. Um, <laughs> I talked about Hideki as well. Oh, this is kind of interesting. Okay, so Hovland is my favorite golfer by far. Which major do you think is his best chance for winning uh, for one and done purposes? So what I would be pretty... So what I want to see is Brookline with Brookline is claustrophobic. It is so small. And what I believe they will do is they will not make the mistake they made at winged foot, which is like five and a half inch rough where Bryson just wins it. But I think there will be an emphasis on playing out of the fairway, unlike there was at winged foot. And then what I'm hoping is you have these tiny little greens with thick rough around. That is the best setup. If that comes to fruition for Victor, because you're going to get an emphasis for playing long and out of the fairway, which is right up his alley, small greens, which he will hit more than everybody else. And when he misses, he is better than he is better out of thick rough around the green than short stuff. Brookline, I believe will be his best setup. I will be at Brookline. If you will be at Brookline, let me know. Also, shameless plug, someone reached out to me like nine months ago and was like, hey, thanks for all the great content. I just won $100,000 and I booked a suite at Brookline. You're welcome to join. Um, I cannot find that email or that Twitter message. Reach back out to me. I, I, I'm in. I'm in. I'm coming. I want to be in the suite. Someone, someone resend that to me. Shameless. Uh, okay, this is also kind of a good note from Brian. The last two or three times that the industry thought they had a wave advantage, one, there was no advantage, and the other one, they got the wrong side of it, right? And listen, I get it. We should use as much information as possible, but we're not good at this. Embrace that we're not good at trying to figure this out. Uh, the PGA Championship, the people that thought they had the rights, or, or the Players' Championship, the people that thought they had the right side of the draw were wrong. And then last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, there was no edge. Play who you like. Good call, Brian. I appreciate it. Okay. 
it took it took until 54 minutes into the show but here's my betting card which I, again i don't i don't know why i how i started sharing this because i usually it's never about who i'm betting you should bet who you want you should bet who your risk tolerance says so but i just started sharing it so here we go and my numbers are hopefully a lot better than yours one, two, three, four, five, six, six. No, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six. Okay. Um, I told you guys I bet Hideki on Thursday. Last Thursday, it was 45 to one. Uh, so I have a 45 to one ticket on Hideki. I have bet Victor Hovland at uh, 31 to one. I bet Victor every week. So I hardly count that for my uh, for my card. I bet Zalatoris at 44 to 1, and I bet Neiman at 48 to 1. So my card is entirely, if you if you take out Victor, who I bet every single week, uh, no shorter than 44 to 1. Then I sprinkled Jason Day at 110 and Billy Horschel at 138. That's it. It's ball strikers, it's team no putt, and it's a couple of savvy vets at long numbers. Nothing shorter than 43 to 1, basically. Good luck. That's mine. Thoughts on, what up, TJ? Thoughts on just playing all low-owned guys this week? DJ, Brooks, Bryson, or can you still play another 9 or 10 guy? Oh, no, no. DJ, Brooks, Bryson, and you can still play another 9 or 10 guy. Uh, historically, the 10K range for the PGA Championship has been the worst. Those guys gain less fantasy points to the field than any other major championship. Uh, I sent that out in my newsletter this week. So if you got my newsletter this week, which is available at Armina, is it rickrungood.com slash newsletter? That should redirect you, I think. Um, or there's probably a link in the description. You can read about that. So I don't mind fading the chalk or fading the expensive guys a little bit. That's It's not bad. Whoops. Wayne says, what's up, Rick? Who are our best course comp guys? Well... I'd kind of do this a couple different ways. So I showed you the best guys on uh, at Augusta National for putting. I don't mind that. I would argue like Riv. Riv, I like Riv. It's long. It's hard. It's a great field. Um, so you're talking about your Cam Youngs, your Joaquin Neimans, your Max Homas. Those are guys who have won it. But like, if you want to just look, like, let's just do this. Like, if you Wayne, if you want to say, if you want to say the T to Green stuff is similar to Riv, let's just do it like this. Let's go strokes game by tournament on the Holy Grail. Let's say last five years at Riviera, and then let's say ball, just ball striking, right? Because the greens are what they're Poa at, like it's whatever. Um, anybody with at least 10 rounds. So, all right, here's everybody. Cam Young, four rounds, Woodland, two rounds, Victor, eight rounds. Morikawa is the best with 10 or more rounds. Then Finau, then Rom, then Cantlay, then Rory. Fleetwood's in here, only eight rounds. Xander, Bryson, Sergio, Homa, Adam Scott, Matt Fitzpatrick. I mean, I, what am I doing? Am I going to read every single guy? No, but, um, there you go. Good luck. Uh, I lost my spot. Hold on. It, 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 sometimes I use this streaming service and it jumps around on me. Okay. What's the best resource to check for withdrawals before lock? Uh, go on Twitter and you should be subscribed to notifications for two accounts, PGA tour comms and Rob Bolton. If you subs if you sign up for both of those, unfortunately, and I'll tease Rob. I've I've spoken with Rob. He's a he's a nice guy. Unfortunately, once the week starts, Rob tweets some weird stuff. <laughs> Rob tweets some stuff I don't care about. <laughs> but otherwise, everything else he tweets is very very informative. Um, and then PGA Tour comms, you should just be subscribed to those. Rob's a good guy. Hey Rick. I run a pool based off OWGR. Entries were due at 12 Pacific. You missed it. Changes only for pre tourney withdrawal. One top 10. Oh, this is such a, like, we're going back into the past, Blake. You can't change this. What if I say the complete opposite? Um, one top 10, two from 11. And I, th this is too confusing. Email me if you really, I'm not going to take up everybody's time with this. Um, how do we get your projected ownership in the custom model? So max projected ownership actually works right now. Mine is all set to 10. Uh, so whoops. Hello. There I am. Uh, click reset in the upper left-hand corner. 
So usually when you refresh the page, it'll it'll do it. But if you're still seeing 10 here, all you need to do is click reset. If you ever think anything's wrong, click reset. It just, it refires up the connection. Very, very simple. I did ownership. I did wind. I'm scooting past those. I did Kucher. I'm scooting past that. Thoughts on Kevin? Nah. Okay. And we are at one o'clock. We are at lunchtime for me, but we will power through because this is the PGA championship. Um, Kevin Nah is very interesting. Okay. Because Kevin Nah, historically amazing short gamist who wins once a year and has a ceiling like no other has learned how to hit his approaches. Nine and a half, 4.2, 6.75 in his last three starts. Oh my. Uh, if he was able to marry that and the elite short game, this is kind of scary. I worry that he loses like four strokes off the tee because he's so short and he might spray it. But I'll tell you what, Kevin Nas, like a kind of a like, maybe just an outright bet at whatever his odds are because he's got super high upside. I don't mind this at all. I, in fact, I actually am quite smitten with it. Hey, Rick, loving the website. Thank you. Would you go Thomas or Hideki splitting hairs? I've bet I've bet Hideki. I'll have a lot of exposure to Justin Thomas in one and dones and in um, uh, DraftKings. I think you're splitting hairs. If you want a little bit safer and not have to worry about the neck or anything like that, it's probably JT. Hideki's range of outcomes is probably a bit wider. <sighs> TJ is trying to get me to say something stupid so that I get clipped. And then everyone can play this back. He says, who's the one high-end guy who has absolutely no shot of winning? Buddy, uh, I'm not falling for that. Uh, probably Xander. I heard Armina yell from the other room, no. She knows that's going to come back to bite me. I've answered a lot of these questions. I mean, okay. Uh... I've answered a lot of these. We're off the rails now. Noting, no, uh, no, 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 no. If you could only play one Maverick, McNeely, Robert McIntyre, or Christian Bezadenhout, probably McIntyre. What's for lunch? Uh, Armina thinks there's leftovers for lunch, but I'm going to try my best to not make that happen. Um. All right. I think that's going to do it. I think that's going to do it. Oh, actually, no, I can't leave yet. Um, I told my guy crap. Okay. So here's, here's what I need you guys to do before you leave. Uh, juice reel. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Juice reel is an app that I've been using and I really like it. Hold on. I'll, I'll answer more questions. I'll answer more questions. Juice reel is an app that I've been using. Uh, it is better than the action network app. There's a link in the description. You can download it. It syncs to all your sports books and the golf stuff is better than action network. And also what the big thing that they do is they have insights for winning players and for losing players. So a lot of books will say, Oh, all the big bets are coming in on this guy or on this team. Uh, because all that stuff is synced, they actually know who the winners and the losers are. So you go download juice reel. Sorry. I meant to mention that like 30 minutes ago. That's on me. It's in the description. I'll answer some more questions now. This is my bad. Um, if I have to hear more about this Amber Heard and Johnny Depp thing, Armina's been watching nine hours a day. It's, I, I think, I, I don't think I can do it anymore. Harry Higgs. Let's do the Harry Higgs conversation. We'll do the Christian Bizet note. That's my bad. We'll go into overtime a little bit here. Okay. So Harry Higgs has played well in two major championships. Is he going to make it three? Let's take a peek at Harry Higgs. Let's see what's going on. Here's Harry. I hope, I hope so because he's good for the game, man. Okay, so here's the 14th at the Masters, and his other one was, uh, it was the PGA Championship, right? Yeah, T4. So what did he do at the, at the PGA Championship in 2021? He gained across the board, and he was very reliant on the short game. Then he went through a stretch where the game was essentially lost. I'm not sure he's gotten out of that stretch. He is not a good approach player. He's losing off the tee. He had his outlier approach week at the Masters. That's probably his best week ever, second best week ever. Um I think they just happen to coincide with major championship weeks. I, I can't be, 
I, I hope I'm wrong. I cannot be excited about Harry Hicks. Here's Christian Bezadenhout. The way that he's going to do it is a bit more short gamey, right? You know, maybe he gains three or four around the green. Maybe he gains eight with the putter. I hope so. This stuff is what worries me. He's just never been a very good ball striker. Just never been. Um, the good news is that he can at least gain, like he is capable of popping three and a half here, three and a half here. Didn't play well at Riviera. Played okay. I mean, didn't really play okay at the Masters, did he? Just putted well. Uh, again, not very excited about Chris Jumpazadenhout either. Let me answer a couple more questions. Corey Connors. There's this weird thing that we have going on with Corey Connors this week. Corey Connors is the same guy every single week. Why would I think like it's it is impossible to find out which week Corey Connors is better than another. I think he's the same at every course. I think he sets up well for every course. Uh, and we're basically get the same version of him at every course. He's nearly a lock to finish inside the top 20 and not win this golf tournament. That is seemingly what is going to happen here at Southern Hills as well. Um, I do like, so the good news about Connors, he's been much better with the putter. Uh, he's always great in the ball striking categories. And this right here. So this is a three event stretch where he went from four and a half strokes lost around the green to four and a half gained around the green. When you have a nine stroke gap that you can uh, have in a category that I think is going to be pretty important this week, maybe he taps into the ceiling. Maybe he taps into the ceiling. So I don't know, but that's what I think. Um, do you suggest using your projections for builds or values using metrics? Um, there's kind of an overlap there, but values over values using metrics is probably my favorite. Cause you can be, be, be a bit more dynamic. Um, I, it's just the route that, that I prefer to go. Uh, this is, Oh, this is a good plug for an app. Yeah. That's my bad. I was supposed to do that like 30 minutes ago. Juice, juice reel. Uh, it's, I actually like those guys a lot. They're a very small team and they're building something very good. And they seem to be very, very sharp. And I use it. I legit, you know, you know, you guys know I don't plug stuff that I don't use. Um, there was another question up here that I wanted to get to. It was before Kevin. Nah, it was before. Oh, it was Tom Hoagie. Okay. So Hoagie's kind of been all over the place since the win. Let's do this. Yeah. So Byron Nelson, man. This is just so not Hoagie, isn't it? Like, look at what Hoagie was doing before. Then he wins, and he plays well right after. Then he starts to struggle on approach. I am like a 6 out of 10. I'm a little bit excited. I'm not thrilled. Gaining two strokes at the Byron Nelson on approach, great sign. Around the green, gaining four. Ugh, that might be a little bit of an outlier. I'd like to see him driving it like he was during this 8 or 10 tournament stretch here. Uh, lukewarm. I missed the live chat. I'm still, I'm still live, Stephen. I'm reading your question right now. How did you miss it? I'm reading your question live right now. One and done. Would you go Spieth or Scheffler? Entirely dependent on your position. If you are trying to make up ground... Okay, I actually think Scotty's kind of sneaky this week because you've either... If you haven't used him yet, you're never using him. He's got four wins. What are you waiting for? Um, I would use Scotty if you're trying to make up ground. If you are front running, you could go either way. Check your standings, right? Go check your standings to see who's been used. Spieth might be used like 60% of the time already. Spieth might be good at, Spieth could also be used at the Open Championship. Spieth has two more really good major setups for him. I think Brookline's a good setup for him. I think St. Andrews obviously is. Uh, you could, there are other places you could use Spieth. All right. I think we're going to shut it down. I appreciate everybody coming out. It's going to be an absolute blast. Hit the like button on your way out. Go download Juice Reel. Sign up for rickrungood.com. I'll see you tonight for the Jock Market Power Hour. Goodbye.